Welcome. You're tuned in to the Tech Time Podcast. Tech Time Podcast. Tech Time. Tech Time Podcast. Podcast. Tech Time Podcast. Tech Time and I are podcast. All right. Welcome back. This is a very special, special time, special episode, episode 14. Uh, favorite number might be one of my favorite guests so far. He is uh, the Human Hulk. He is 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 my personal fitness goals. Uh, a good friend of mine, good friend of the show, Prince of Nigeria. We got the big homie Dapo coming through. Thank you for taking the time to come break bread with us. Say hi to the people, my friend. <laughs> Anytime. Thanks for having me. Much appreciated for that wonderful <laughs> intro. Um, hey everyone, glad to be here. My name is Dapo. Um, I'm Nigerian, as he mentioned. The Nigerian prince, he likes to call me. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to live up to that name, that royalty. Um, born and raised in Canada. Actually, what am I saying? I was born in Nigeria. Yeah, I was like, Raised what? in Canada. <laughs> That's what I was trying to say. So I, I identify as Nigerian-Canadian because um, a lot of people are confused by my history. So I left Nigeria when I was three, went to South Africa, lived there for seven years, and I've been in Canada for 20 years now. Um, we started off in the most random place that most people always like, <laughs> kind of surprised by. In a tiny island off the coast of Newfoundland called Fogo Island. Oh, word! Yeah, I didn't know that. I so thought no, it was. I thought it was straight Richmond Hill. No, no, no. Um, so Fogo Island is an island of about three thousand people, um, mainly Irish descendants, um, off the coast of Newfoundland. And my dad's a family physician, so they were looking for doctors to work in remote areas. And so they're like, if you move your whole family here, like we'll make it sweet. We'll you know pay for everything. And then you can integrate into the medical life in Canada, just do us a solid and work here for a couple of years. So that's how we started off in Fogo Island, from the sunny beaches of Durban, South Africa, to the frigid (laughs) Atlantic coastline of Fogo Island. Like It was quite the shock, quite the difference in so many capacities. Um, But it really formulated like our time here in Canada and like it really established, um, you know, the journey that we're on today as a family, but then also as an individual. We're going to, we're going to get back to that because, uh, you're a well-traveled man. Uh, you've lived in a lot more cities than I expected than I, than I first knew. Uh, so we're going to touch back on that, but we know you guys come here for the food and today we don't disappoint. Uh, tried a little something as people know, Pescatarian. I have cheated. I won't even lie to you. <laughs> but so say this doesn't look fish. <laughs> <laughs> I have cheated recently. Like gone on like the um, vacation. Vacation tie eats whatever he wants. Okay. But you know, now that we're back home, back in business, you know, I gotta gotta stick to it. But we still want to eat good. We still want to have deliciousness. So today we got a, a twist on a classic. We got salmon cheese steaks. You heard it here first, folks. Salmon cheesesteaks. Honestly, not very difficult to make. Uh, definitely a a time crunch of a of a of a recipe. Okay, okay. But it looks enough, absolutely delicious. Enough jibber jabber. Let's get into these bites, my man. Alright, cheers.
Oh ja. What are your thoughts, Dapo? Oh man, talk to me. This is lovely. Number one, I love sautéed onions or caramelized onions or grilled onions. Any dish that can incorporate onions in any variety, immediately a favorite. Mm-hmm. Nothing more than the classic cheesesteak. Um, but with the salmon edition, like I am, I'm loving it. That is that originally I actually thought it was cheesesteak. Like the way you've marinated and the way it presents like i didn't realize it was salmon at first yeah brother had to had to put a little little island flavor on it you know i hope the jerk's kind of popping through a little bit i'm getting notes with jerk um love the is that arugula mike it's it's microgreens man you gotta put microgreens of course (laughs) of course you gotta shout out to chad williams in toronto microgreens yes sir amazing Mm, so this is not only protein filled which is my favorite kind of meal <laughs> getting my micronutrients in of course play with the palate the pickles are a nice addition too. give that sweetness mm-hmm. the baguette is nice and crunchy but still soft mm-hmm. very important man mm. i'm telling you man this one this one might be one of my favorite my favorite meals here bro my goodness yeah I appreciate that I'm the one that gets to enjoy this. Yo, wow. trust me. I've never made this variation before. I did try this. I won't, I'm not going to lie and say I haven't tried to make this before, but I've never jerked it before. Never jerked before. I think that's the, that was the missing thing. Because the first one was cool, but. No, that, that jerk that, spice definitely comes in. Like it's, mm. and it's perfect too. Like it's not overly spicy yeah. either. Like it just gives you that hint. That just like, you know, just, plays well with everything else. Yeah. yeah. And this is, I'm going to cop this recipe. Yeah, man. <laughs> for sure. I, I'll hook it up. I'll hook it up. We still got some leftovers. I'm going to have to send you home Perfect. with something, a little goodie bag. Got some extra rolls. Maybe a road sandwich. You know what I mean? sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Best kind of sandwich. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but you, you mentioned the business. Let's talk about that. Because we're, we're entering a new era uh, where, where things are in augmented reality, metaverse, uh, and a lot of people, myself included, don't fully understand this this new direction that people are going. So just give people uh, an idea of like what you do, how it relates to the metaverse, augmented reality, because like that's your that's your whole stick. And like just yeah. give us the the history, the history. Not, I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> no, good. Um, so yeah, so I've been a long time health professional, now turned software developer. And I'm into all things 3D, extended reality, which covers virtual reality, augmented reality, and mixed reality. And how that all plays and intertwines with the various technologies we're familiar with and the new immersive technologies that are now emerging. Um, And to kind of understand this space, because there's a lot of confusion behind all these terms of Web 3.0, metaverse, you know, blockchain, cryptocurrency, and what that all means for the future landscape of how we um, operate um, as individuals and businesses and as a society as a whole. And so to kind of give a little bit of history with that, you know, the web when it first got created, web 1.0, if you will, was all about reading. Information was online, we're able to access it, you know, the year, the days of Ask Jeeves, Yahoo, all those kind of things. Right. Then web 2.0 came about. 
So that's when we're able to read and write. So we're able to, you know, obviously have access to all the information we ever wanted, but also start adding our own information through the proliferation of websites, social media, all these platforms that gave the users opportunity to contribute. Now, with Web 3.0, the premise behind that is that it's read, write, and own. So it's a creator's economy now where you contribute but you also get to earn from that contribution. Okay. Before, you know, Web 2.0 was pretty much like, yeah, you can contribute, you can add stuff to the internet. But for the most part, like, you know, you, you don't will get just to... be giving that information for free to all these corporations who are mining your data, selling it, and advertising to you. Mm -hmm. But now you can control your narrative with, you know, um, not that you can make money with Web 2.0, of course people, you know, have your, your own e-commerce, you know, other personal blogs and stuff, but... Now Web 3.0 has opened up the opportunities for individuals to earn at an unprecedented rate and in a creative amount of ways. So what the metaverse, if you will, um, does is that the simplest form of that is it's just the same internet that we're using, but the access to it is different and the interactivity is different. So whereas with Web 2.0 and the previous um, version of the internet we're used to is accessing it through a laptop, computer, and obviously mobile phones. Mm -hmm. With um, Web 3.0, a lot of those immersive technologies that we're now seeing, such as you know the Oculus Quest um, and you know all the other various virtual reality headsets, that's what makes this Web 3.0 in the metaverse, is that we're having these virtual environments that's layered on top of the internet that we're used to. So you still access the internet the same way. Web 3.0 metaverse is not changing anything in terms of like how you already access the internet um it's just adding another layer another option to access and interact with the internet so you can go on a website for example the sandbox metaverse interact with it regularly like as you would with like the sims game but then of course you have the option to you know put on um, a virtual reality headset and access it that way and it makes it more engaging more immersive so the access to the internet and the interactions with the internet is what this new landscape is. And that's what I'm really trying to um, capitalize on and starting to work towards. So with my two businesses, Spaced VR and Rethink Reality, one is a 3D reality capturing um, service where we create digital twins of existing properties. So from real estate to you know commercial, um, we have a 3D camera that captures the space and creates a digital twin 3D model of it. And then with that, it's a canvas that we can do anything with. A lot of people are familiar with it, obviously, within, you know, virtual tours for real estate properties, mm -hmm. viewings, but it's so much more than that. You know, a business now can have a digital twin and then we can import 3D assets within it to make it an immersive, contextualized experience. Break that down for me. And so <clears throat> as, that, as it is right now, you have this 3D um, digital twin of like, let's say, good life. Okay. And, you know, you can go and scope like, all right, cool. They have all these um, the equipment that I like. It's the same as this other good life. Okay, so I like this one. I will sign up with this one. That's one way to use it. But now what we're doing is that we're importing 3D assets and other media assets to make it more of an immersive experience and to more contextualized. So this means we can add characters to it. Ah. So we can showcase certain classes, if you will, um, in the, one of the open um, spaces and be like, this is what the, the Zumba class would look like. Mm -hmm. You know, rather than just having a video, we have kind of 3D characters doing Zumba exercises with an instructor as you're seeing it 
in the, what the real life space would look like. Right. So this is not just a virtual tour. It's not a virtual experience. Um, and then, you know, with various other things, we can have like um, videos plastered on different parts of the wall. Um, we can have images that are triggered by certain wait, emotions. Wait, wait. Video with inside the video? Within, within the virtual tour, yes. Wow. We can get videos and put it within the virtual tour. We can have like a guided tour as well. So each individual scan spot can be triggered, can trigger a certain audio mm-hmm. um, clip. So this whole virtual tour becomes a virtual experience by adding all these various medias to it. Wow. And it's it's just such a cool space to be in. That's crazy. Yeah. That is nuts. <laughs> it, I'm telling you, it's like Inception, Metaception, if you will. <laughs> Something like that, bro. I, from when you said, like, it's The Sims, but you can get paid from it, pretty much. It's basically getting paid to play The Sims. Uh, pretty much. Pretty much. Like, you know, being able to create these experiences and then sell them to businesses or individuals, it's like, and that's the analogy I use, is that you understand how The Sims work. You've played that before, similar mm-hmm. games. Now you have one that's a replica. It's just the same as, but it's a replica of your business or your property. Right. You know what I mean? And so um, the novelty of it, you know, initially was like, oh, this is cool. And, you know, realtors were the ones that really, like, um, made it a necessity. Mm-hmm. But now it's honestly just for anyone, how creative you want to be. Um, as I said, you know, gyms can use it, schools can use it for guided tours, the hospitality industry can benefit from it. And the pandemic has saw a lot of different companies benefit from it, right. especially those within architecture, um, engineering and construction. It allows for cross collaboration. It's like this is the space that we'll be working on. You don't have to come to it. We'll send it to you and then you can mock it up, add things to it as you would in real life. Mm-hmm. And everyone can collaborate and make notes and see the development happen in 3D in real time, and then um, once it's when they're able to translate that to the actual construction or actual project, yeah, nuts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you think? And this is this is just me spitballing here, that the meta world will will go to a point where it replaces the physical world. It's a very good question. I think that's a concern for a lot of people. And so, like with any new technology, we as humans have to moderate how we use it. Mm-hmm. You know, anyone, because this is nothing new to a certain extent. Like, people got lost in the game Half-Life. Do you remember that one? Bro, nuts. Exactly. Like, it was just the replica of your life in the digital world. And people, like, spend real money on it. People got married. People thought, like, people have been immersing themselves in outside of reality in different ways for a long Forever. time. Forever. Movies. Exactly. Cinema. Music. Television. Exactly. And so, you know, it's a core component of um, the human experience, you know, trying to find things to distract, entertain, and just, you know, augment um, your life. So with this, it's like, yes, those risks will be there. There will be people who just dive deep and they can't really, they prefer the virtual world and the real world. Mm-hmm. But like, they were probably already doing that in some capacity already. Right. Right? But that's where some people are concerned. But I think in general, it's just going to make every experience that we have right now, it's going to make it better, but also give accessibility. So accessibility is the key component here. Because mm. for certain individuals, they can't have certain experiences. Right. You know, if can't, you have a chronic I mean, illness, if, yeah. if you're bed-bound, wheelchair-bound, like you just can't have certain experiences that everyone else can and virtual reality doesn't really solve that, but it helps. 
Right. You know, I'm like, I'm on a bunch of different subreddits and on one of the VR subreddits, um, an elderly woman with a chronic illness that keeps her bed bound mm-hmm. said she finally got the Oculus Quest for Christmas. Mm-hmm. She was able to do certain things that she just obviously wrote off because it just didn't apply to her. And like she felt the same rush, sent a certain level of accomplishment and just having a little bit of the experience that she didn't think she would. And those experiences were like climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. Um, she was in an airplane, rode roller coasters. And if you haven't tried VR yet, the immersiveness is really, really powerful. Right. Like it almost tricks the brain to actually making you feel as if you're there. And we've all seen the videos of people like punching, yeah, running, like the, the and doing crazy. Run. Yeah. So like you wonder like how can they not tell it's not real but I'm telling you if you have not tried it yet you will not understand right you know it is truly because I'm one of those people I, yeah. I definitely have not put myself in that position so anytime, anytime I see like oh yeah some, I'm like thinking like oh yeah they're playing like Wii Boxing like <laughs> and then I see someone get snuffed and I'm like oh snap yeah, exactly it is so much more than that and it's and it's really powerful and you know there's a lot of, of um, medical benefits to it too um, you know I work with another company that we have a gamified MRI simulator hmm. that trains kids to be still in virtual reality. Right. So essentially, you know, we have this character that um, they interact with in this virtual environment that looks exactly like a MRI room. Mm-hmm. And then they, the character, you know, trains them and guides them like, hey, be, don't be scared. Don't be nervous. A lot of sounds. And she's a fairy character and she kind of like, you know, guides them through this game of like, stay still, help me collect fairy dust and all this stuff. And so it reduces anxiety, it reduces fear. um, And it kind of works a bit on like desensitization therapy, exposure therapy. Right. Um, And so we train these kids in this virtual environment um, and the connection, the the cognitive connection there with the virtual reality headset and the virtual environment actually makes them feel like they're having the MRI experience. Mm-hmm. And obviously this has to do with like the way we scale the actual room, you know, and we try to mirror everything as close as possible to the real life event, like um, situation. So now when they actually go to do an MRI, they feel like they've done it before. So the hope is that this training, pre-MRI training tool helps them, you know, alleviate that anxiety, that fear mm-hmm. of the actual MRI room, and then they can get better results in terms of, um, you know, being able to stay still, get better imaging, right. and um, not having to go back again, right. um, and not being scared, most importantly. And so, like, the applications of these immersive technologies, it's exactly, it's, I've mentioned from, you know, um, 3D reality capture from real estate, businesses now to the medical field and so it expands through every field every industry and within the next 10 years every industry and every field is going to be using it in some capacity wow wow um you mentioned earlier that your background is in uh the medical field like you you were studying to become a a a medical practitioner how how do you make that shift from because you went through a couple of different changes. And I know, but yeah. the people don't know. Yeah. So how'd you, how'd you make that shift? Because I know you did you did your master's mm-hmm. in uh, another continent. We'll get there. Mm-hmm. And then you came back. You were working like under your pops. And then you kind of went the fitness route because yeah. that's something you were passionate. And then you, you shifted again. So how did, at each stage, what was, it that, what was the thing that made you kind of be like, hmm, I could do this, but... Maybe I should shift and do this, and then where you where you found yourself now. Right. 
So, you know, I started this podcast mentioning like my background and history, and that was important to understand um, how I'm here now. Um, the main thing is that, you know, I'm Nigerian. So Nigerians have a certain expectation. <laughs> As a lot of immigrants, yeah, every immigrant view, parent, yeah, you know, and university or or bust, bust professional or bust, like, and so you know, Nigerians, the doctor is, and a lot of you will be familiar with that trope of Nigerian doctors, um, and so I always thought I was going to become a doctor like my dad, and then you know going through university and you're seeing where my um, Abilities were in my interests, like it didn't really align that way. So mm-hmm. I did my master's in public health in Australia, and then I was in the health field for a while doing health consulting and personal training. And fitness was primarily like my goal. Um, then eventually I was like, all right, maybe, maybe I'll try this medicine thing again. Mm-hmm. And so you know, I was, you know, did the MCAS, did the, the um, prerequisite courses. And on that journey, that's when I started. my first business the spaced vr the 3d reality capture business and that's when i really started falling in love with technology again i've always loved technology i've always had like you know the guy with the latest gadgets phones like yes you we could we could categorize doppo as (laughs) as what people affectionately call a blurred a black nerd (laughs) a blurred um (laughs) and it needs to be more of us it's not don't be afraid no more exactly blurreds can look like anything you can go from Steve Urkel to Terry Crews, like it doesn't matter. Blurs come in all shapes, sizes, and forms, and we're all. (laughs) That's another. We could talk about that too, because I like. um, I feel like a lot for a lot of young young black kids, Mm -hmm. especially young black men. You're you're kind of siphoned into, oh, you're going to be this, like outside of what our parents think. Because, you know, every parent is on some, my kid's about to be the the cat's pajamas. I might be dating myself with that reference, but it's all good. Um, There's an expectation that if you're a young black boy, you're going to like this. Mm -hmm. Particularly, you're going to like football, basketball. Mm -hmm. You're going to listen to hip-hop. You're going to act a certain way, do do certain things. And anything outside that scope... Is is the your quote unquote not black enough, yeah. or you're you're not really black? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like you're the oh you're not like other black guys. Oh man, the amount of times heard that, <laughs> Or the oh man, you're so articulate. Like English is not my first language. <laughs> like I don't. You know what I'm saying? I understand. <laughs> like I went to a private high school, and you know. Um, it was an interesting time. I was called an Oreo a lot of the times. Yeah. Because you know, my parents would smack me if I ever sagged sag my pants, if I wore do right, even if I said yo. All the stereotypical black things. It was like, no. We came to this country not to make you, you know, white, but obviously to make you become what we envision you can become. And right. And which is like anything that you want. So, but you have to understand, like, to be able to do that, you can't have people seeing you a certain way, which is tough to hear as a kid, because it's like, you know, if you're seeing a lot just, of your peers, yeah, I'm just, you trying know, to things, just trying to live, it's like, why does this behave, why does a certain thing um, make me seem less than, that like, if I'm participating in, you know, stereotypical black behavior, that means like, oh, no, like, I'm automatically cut from doing anything right anyone else would do or whatever you know what i mean so it's just this weird like ideal of it's like, like it's like I'm a just trying to, but yeah. and, and it's only us yeah 
that are kind of put in that box. I'm sorry, bro. You can I'm gonna I'm gonna take the bulk of the talking right now, so you could you could dig in because this guy only got like two bites of his sandwich, bro. It's it's only us that have that type of um box put around us in that in that sense where it's like do you can't have a do rag and be a straight A student or like mm-hmm. that's what it's set up to seem to be. You can't you can't speak abonics and proper English or like can't differentiate. I can't talk to my homie like I can't be like double yo yo what's up my boy and then go and write an essay. Mm-hmm. But it's the and we've been tricked. Both I feel like our parents and society has tricked us because like for our parents they're coming from uh like our parents are probably the most gangster people that have ever like that generation and and I feel I feel confident in saying this. It's probably one of the most gangster generations ever. No, I agree. Because they like they literally were like, This is home but there's more out there. Mm-hmm. Let's cut. Let's just dip. And prosper. And and, and exactly. Yeah. And go somewhere where we have nothing. No, we don't know the culture. We don't know the language mm-hmm. for the most part. Like for my parents, it's different because Jamaica and England kind of just took that. Mm-hmm. So they speak English, but even then, it's still a their own dialect. So you still have it's still that culture shock, yeah. and coming here, and then also going from seeing people that look like you every day. And people, and like you don't feel like a minority because you're just everybody looks like you. Everybody looks and sounds and also practices the same culture. So even if we don't look the same, because there's Chinese Jamaican, white Jamaicans, culturally we're the same. Yeah. So it doesn't feel different right. to coming here where culturally everything is different. Yeah. And now I'm trying to find myself, especially like for my dad, because my dad came here when he was older. My mom came when she was a kid. So she kind of had a better immersion um, because like when you come as a kid, people are a little, you know, people are nicer to kids generally, generally. Um, but my dad came like as a grown adult. So he lived like, the majority of his life in, in Jamaica and then came here and was like shot. And he lived like in the whitest of white places. Like he lived in Kitchener. Oh, wow. So <laughs> it's not even like he came to like a little Jamaica or nothing. Like, like right. he was, he was right in the thick yeah. of it. So exactly the experience. Right. Yeah. Very similar. Very similar to how, how you came through. Um, and so you have to, as a, as a young person to call a young black man, you have to move a certain way because society just kind of dictates that and it's there weren't as as many people now that are that are talking about these kind of issues and social media obviously was not a thing so it's mm-hmm. like you kind of were on your own island and yeah. just in survive mode um there has been a type of type of shift where we're we're getting to kind of express that freedom and be outside that box and understand that like we're not a monolith as a people like we're not Every black person is not going to like hip hop. Every black person is not going to be like a hooper. Every every black person is not going to be able to dance. You know what I'm saying? All those all those classic stereotypes, beneficial or non-beneficial, yeah. it's not going to always be like that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Doppel's out here, bruh. I'm so sorry. It's all good. It's all good. You're running. You're running two businesses. 
We ain't even gonna edit that out. We just gonna let that no, ride. My man is out tight, here. Tight. <laughs> <laughs> but so it's we're not a monolith, and uh, I feel like that's gonna be a, its own separate episode. But yeah. I'm glad we're touching on this, um, especially because one, it's Black History Month yes. right now, episode 14, as we've said, um, and and it's just like, man, we have to get over categorizing people off of what we've heard yeah. and what based off because there's people that will have never met like a person of color never been around uh someone of like the nation of islam someone like you know what i'm saying like those type of the the stereotypes that are perpetuated are from people that lack experience and lack knowledge yeah. and and we have to get to a place beyond that in order to kind of get to that next step of I guess human evolution. Hundred percent, and and it's like it's with humans. Like we like to categorize everything. That's the way we've been taught to, you know, even from our educational system, mm-hmm. um, compartmentalize certain types of information, group it together, and then that serves as the basis for our understanding. And, and I that, get it. Yeah, and, and it, it makes sense. sense. Yeah, because like there's an evolutionary aspect to that, right? Mm. For example, me and you two, me and you. We live in a tribe together, right? One day, you go out and you decide to mess with a tiger. Mm-hmm. And then you come back, your left arm is gone. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yo, what happened to your left arm? And you're like, man. Orange stripey monster. Yeah, I was, I was messing around with this orange feline thing. And I guess it didn't like that. And now my arm's gone. So then now my head is like, mm, orange stripey thing with teeth. That's a no go. It's a no go. Right? It's a no-go list. It's a no-go list. For like, if I see that, I'm heading the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. And that that same type of thinking is what happens with groups of people that are unfamiliar with each other. So it's like some old lady or some old man had a, had a singular, singulary, or maybe a group of mm-hmm. bad experiences with another group of people. And so then they attribute that that those isolated experiences with this is how it is with this group of people 100%. where it's like we've we've categorized people as good a, a whole group of people as good or bad based on isolated experiences versus understanding that people do good and bad shit all the time yeah. like there's gonna be there's gonna be white people that are great there's gonna be white people that are evil there's gonna be black people that are great gonna be, it's just how how life is like like I said we're not a monolith no. Everything is on a spectrum. Exactly, and and I think people say that there's everything in life is nuanced. Like there's never just a binary of this versus that, mm-hmm. black and white. And like we always try to think about, all right, is this a good person? Is this a bad person? Mm-hmm. But like across a range of various factors, like that can differentiate. Right, coming from a very very conservative family, certain behaviors that are just normal and present in society, like you know drugs and sex will be like that's a bad person that participates in that especially at a certain age but like no it doesn't like it's part of life people evolve and do certain things and doesn't mean they're bad or you know especially if you're not harming anyone right um that's just their experience but you know so there's so many reasons and so many ways we've like come to this you know trying to find out if things are just black or white 
rather than you know looking at the gray areas, understand the gray areas. It's, it's and, all and, a series you know, of gray. Looking the spectrum. Yeah. It's literally and all. Is, it's all a series of gray. Just different colors of gray. Exactly. And as you said, it's because yeah, lack of exper- lack of experience, lack of, lack of exposure, and you know. And this is why it's so important that people are being able to travel, yes. see the world more, more connected with social media. And this is also why, tying it back now, why I kind of love the concept of the metaverse. Because right now, with the way we interact on social media, um, like, yeah, you can have conversations in real time, whatnot, and, you know, video chat, whatnot. But you're not really experiencing things together mm-hmm. as much, you know. You can both be on a Zoom call, watching the same presentation, you know, um, working together on a project, you know. You know, there's different add-ons to watch Netflix movies together, but those still are limited. Mm-hmm. You know, with virtual environments, you have activities you can do. Like you can play, I can play ping pong with you from Australia while you're here in Scarborough, and I, you know, what I mean, I can be talking to you. You can be shooting the shit and having a cool experience together that we would have in real life. Right, and that's just virtual reality. And the real cool thing about it is when it becomes mixed reality. Because now you're not just in a virtual environment. You have your physical environment and mm-hmm. you're overlaying digital features on top of it. But you're still interacting with your physical environment. So you're talking like hologram? Kind of, like exactly, yeah. So essentially, you can see the hologram, like a hologram of me on this table right now, at the end of this table right now, and we can have this conversation, but mm-hmm. I'm, you know, miles and miles away. Wow. Or we can be playing... Right now, we could have a chessboard, you know. And mm-hmm. so these are not even, like, far-fetched. These are concepts and applications that have been displayed by this technology. Like, really? There's videos of this, yeah. Hologram version of me. We have a virtual chessboard, and we're playing chess, checkers, any board game that you want. Right. You know? So that's where it comes down to accessibility. And mm-hmm. with accessibility, it gives a broader range of individuals experiences that further us as humans because now we're not limited to certain worldviews we're not limited to certain experiences we're not limited to certain cultural boundaries certain borders like we're expanding our mindset our ability to contribute and interact and you know at the center of all this is technology and that's why i think these immersive technologies are really going to help with that hmm yeah that was very interesting yeah um the metaverse saying might uh, might solve a lot of the issues that we have because as long as people are willing to be educated, 100%. then uh, like for example, like sharing a meal with somebody, mm-hmm. that's kind of like as I've like said a lot of times, like mm-hmm. that's the whole concept of this is to I've never met nobody that's mad or ready to fight somebody off a full stomach, <laughs> exactly right. So <laughs> being able to kind of just break bread and yes, and talk to people helps helps to kind of get your point across in a way where it's not a, it's it's more digestible yes right um and and having those type of avenues outside of because like to share a meal with somebody it seems like it's a very it's well not seems it's very intimate yeah and you'd have to be present but to be able to do that virtually that's a that's a powerful thing because you know we just cook the same thing or Mm -hmm. you know just cook a thing and then have it uh and and be able to have that kind of same conversation that's that would be brilliant actually and and exactly and then you take that further there's different applications to it um that same concept for various things like even imagine learning a language um the issue a lot of people have is conversing natively 
um, in that language, in right? Like real world situations. Mm-hmm. You know, all these apps. A lot of them are doing well. You know, Duolingo yeah. like does well. I'm a, I'm a Duolingo lover, exactly. bro. Yeah, Spanish. And trying I've to been lacking you, though. Yeah, <laughs> same. I've been I, lacking. I have like a twenty day streak and then a three hundred day. <laughs> bro, dog. I had. I was absolutely. Like, I think I had like a. I was like over a year. I was. Wow. I had a streak and then I went on vacation. Uh, God, I use a freezes. <laughs> it's only two freezes, bro. Yeah. It's only two freezes and it's uh, gone. I was, I was like, damn. Pay for it, I guess, but yeah. And so, like you know, we, so example with that, you know, you could have an app where you can find native speakers of whatever language you're learning. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, have a conversation with them in real in real time, seeing each other, seeing the kind of emotions, the kind of gesticulations. And just have a conversation with them as you would if you were living in that country. And all this can be facilitated by these immersive technologies. Right. Because you, know, you can do it. Yeah. People can argue. Why can't I just do that in Zoom? Which is fine. You can. This, this isn't even to replace right. all it's this just, technology. Just, it's just to add. It's just to add. And honestly, like, you know, the pun intended is to augment. Augment what you're doing right now, mm-hmm. you know, and if it makes sense for you. Right. A lot of people feel like they're going to be forced to use and do all these things. It's like you don't have to. Like it will become a predominant component of a lot of workplace environments. Right. But you know whatever works for you works for you. Some people still use flip phones. Some people still have landlines. <laughs> if that works for you, that works for you. Right. You know. And so it's just giving you giving us more opportunities to interact and right. engage and do some really really cool shit. And so with my new business, rethink reality. Um, you know, I'm priming that as an immersive marketing solutions mm-hmm. um, company, and you know, it's it's a spectrum of things because these immersive technologies don't have to range with just virtual reality headsets, virtual environments. It's simple things you can do with your phone as well. You know, which you guys will see later. Um, yeah, this in man, terms of three D, this man got augmented the, reality logos. This guy got the logo <laughs> augmented out here. I feel. I feel like I'm in Star Trek. Or right <laughs> they should make a black Star Trek. That's something that I've been adamant about. I yeah. want to see a a black Captain Kirk. A space or, exploration show that's just predominantly black. That's actually crazy because yeah. when you think about it, anytime, and I'm glad we we kind of just spitballing here. Mm-hmm. Anytime we're talking about like a post-apocalyptic world or mm-hmm. post anything after Earth, you don't see us. Not, like, not in abundance <laughs> like you see there's like one of us mm-hmm. it's like LeVar Barton and that's it <laughs> or what's what's the other one um, The 100 The 100 no, I haven't seen that it's on Netflix no. but mm-hmm. there was literally one, like there was two black guys in that Jeez. and one of them gets killed off early spoiler I'm sorry <laughs> that's all good so it's like it it is I I don't consume it in the way where like man they're really not planning a future where we exist but it definitely can be received presents that way because it's like bro if one the at least in the west our population is low it's like under 10 percent 10 percent states is like 13 percent right so it's not it's not a large number by any means and then you're gonna say oh the world has been something something tragic has happened to the world and all of a sudden all the black like all the black people disappear yeah let's use Africa bruh and mind you Africa is the biggest the biggest Mm -hmm. continent Mm -hmm. in the world also probably has 
It's fair to say. The most black people per capita. Yep. All of those, everybody disappears? Mm. All of them? <laughs> or, like, what's up? You know what I'm saying? Like, how you, how do you, how can you uh, logically say that? That all, all of one people. Yeah. But everyone else, everyone else makes it. Because there's, like, you see, post- the Asians make it. White people obviously make it. Yeah. But we're we're down to like one or two. It's just one or two of us. It's like, bro, only one or two of us made it? <laughs> and even more than that, it's just like, just, just they're not relevant to yeah. the story. It's just like, they're just that. there. Yeah. Except for the diversity's sake. And yeah. that's true. And I think that's, you know, in the STEM environment, especially technology, like, we are starting to see a huge shift um, of black talent. And... It's it's honestly very encouraging. Like Nigeria, particularly, is becoming a nice little hub for innovation mm-hmm. um, and technology, and it's encouraging because it's we have this innate ability and this innate motivation to you know make it out of a certain situation and to hustle. And like Nigerians are, you know, I'm sure Jamaicans are definitely too. We're hustlers. Like we work hard. We know what we want. We're sweet talkers. Like we are naturally business individuals. Mm-hmm. Like we just know how to go get what we want. And you know, by any means necessary is a very very common uh, common <laughs> mentality. To very have. common. And so, but the thing is that like. Your mentality, your motivation can only go so far if the infrastructure is not built. And the, exactly. And like you just don't have the tools in the landscape to, you know, make your actions conducive to anything. Yeah. And so now that we're starting to see, you know, some money being invested in our countries, you know, some money being invested in black people, we're starting to see what well, that does. What it does. And we're just seeing it does fucking amazing things. You yeah. know, and it's it's just really amazing. And that's why I love like technology because it just gives opportunity yes it's, it's definitely an equalizer exactly it's definitely something if you if you put the time in and are willing to kind of uh yeah. learn it and and get a strong capacity mm-hmm. it could take you it could take you a lot of places a lot of places like there's this one um, particular um nigerian um instagram page i believe it's the ikorudu boys have you seen it? It's like these young Nigerian boys um, who recreate certain film scenes. Yes. Yes. And like the trailers. Gone, these trailers, yeah. And like music videos. And they've gone completely viral through the pandemic. And so we see like the internet just gives... The, the world is your audience. We have almost 9 billion people on this planet. Right. So now you have something that tells you that potentially all 9 billion people, you know, given equitable access to internet devices, could see this one thing I produce. Like... Yeah, we've never had that much access ever in human history. Never, and I think people are starting to see the power of that. Look at what TikTok did for some so many people. It made them millionaires overnight, Bro. beyond their wildest dreams. I've been actually, yo, I've been, I've been playing around with that too. I'm like, yo, I'm like, before I was like, forget TikTok. You t- I'm, like, I'm like, forget. Like, I, I have like, no I choice but to be on TikTok now. now I'm I still like, haven't I, been on TikTok. We're, still, wait that, but, but now, I, but I know, now I know I, I have, know to, I have to, to do it. I have to be, and so there's this. A huge opportunity here and technology is the center of it and so if you just have a creative you don't have to be that creative like let's look at Kabi Lane the dude who just gesticulates with his hands outwards at you know being dismayed at simple sorry at like complex solutions to simple problems which yeah. is ridiculous shit and this guy now has been has worked with Facebook 
Um, some of the various other brands, I can't remember all now, but like he's a very prominent individual, has what, like close to 40 million followers on Instagram? No all way. within a two year span. Like, as I'm saying, his life changed in the matter of just like a year or two. Right. And so it just shows the power of being able to capitalize, but also um, innovate and utilizing platforms and the internet to do so is that if you have a skill you have an idea just try it out who knows where it's going to stick who knows who's going to like it as i said nine billion people there's a market for everyone and exactly. that's another thing yeah. never be afraid because you think the market is saturated or you think that you have no chance because other people are doing it better um there is a market for everyone. Like yeah. start with your community. That's one thing. Yeah. If I was if anything I create, I always look like I right, who's my community? What can I do for the Nigerian community? What can I do for the black community as a whole? And then move outwards. Yeah. You know, your exactly. network And start with something outwards. Exactly. And then eventually you can go outwards. Cause like if every musician had that same fear, we wouldn't know who the little Nas X the next little Nas X would be. Right. You know what I mean? You wouldn't know, you know, for a lot of different fields, like who the next big person would be if they just thought there's already someone doing it. Yeah. There's already so many people. There's already why someone me? rapping. Why should I Why rap? me? And the answer to that with a lot of things is like, why not? Why not? You know, but it doesn't, for the most part, like you say you have access to your internet-enabled device, you're able to produce or do something and for people to see. Just do it. Just do it and see what sticks. Yeah. You know, and see what sticks. You just never know what or why. And I always mention this particularly because of Instagram. My Nokia phone, when Instagram was kind of popular, had every single, a lot of phones at that time did, feature that Instagram had built into their own camera app. Right. I had the filters, I had like, you know, even frames, and there's a lot of cool things you can do. You know, Instagram, and there was also so many different apps that did exactly the same thing Instagram did. Yeah. You know, granted, they had a bit of a novelty with the social feed component and the you know, this overall social platform component. Remember when Instagram was strictly photographer stuff? And exactly. Food? And so now you see how that has evolved and that's just thing with life, you know, and they got lucky because any of those other companies could have been bought by Facebook. Right. But they're the ones that got lucky because they just did something and just happened to gain the market share. Mm-hmm. So it's just, there's so much opportunity and not, not to say that you have to be the next Instagram, the next big thing in multi-billion dollar company. Like, listen, if you're able to monetize and make money off something that you find enjoyable, then that's it. That's the greatest thing. That is the greatest that's the greatest thing. thing you could ever do. Exactly. So, like, you know, just just try. <laughs> and even if you completely fail, in life, there are, I said there are, obviously there's some bad experiences, but every experience is a learning opportunity. Absolutely. You know, as uh, cliche as that is, is just, like, you will learn something. You, or you will should. learn something. You should. And if you don't, then I don't know. But, like, you will learn something. And with my business, there was a lot of failures early in the stages because, you know, I was trying to get into med school at the time. I didn't really think it was a viable option for anything like that. And I didn't really know anything about business. You know, I saw what my parents were doing and I kind of had a little bit of um, business acumen there. But um, I just didn't know, like, how to operate a business. I didn't know how to register. What Like, I didn't know, you know, what... um, funneling is i didn't know what landing pages were i didn't know what a crm was i know how to build a website i did, had no idea and now i could do all those things right with my eyes closed and you know repeat it so it's mm-hmm. scalable it's scalable but it's exactly it's also future skill set that um i can apply to almost anything now 
because every single job I've had since I started this business, I got because of that. All the skills I learned within that business, right? You know how to create graphical content, how to you know um, market it, how to advertise it, how to build websites, and like how to code. Because that all started with um, me trying to figure out certain HTML components and like trying to f- just figure out what my website, what I what my website look like, what I had available, and how to bridge that. Mm-hmm. So it just makes you resourceful, and that's the thing. Necessity is the mother of innovation. When your business necessitates on your ability, yo, to complete yo, your yo hold on, hold on, don't skate past that, brother. <laughs> Run that back one more time. Run that back one more time. Necessity is the mother of innovation. And, you know, something that my mom said to me a while ago, and I'm sure a lot of people have heard it in different capacities as well, but when push comes to shove, you will find a way. Um, and, you know, but obviously, hopefully it's never like a dire, like do or die situation. Yeah. But when you think that, like, I don't know how to do this, but this is what I want. You will find a way. You yeah. Just Especially effort. if it's not like a, like a fake want, like a, I want it, but or like. I'd separate it from like I I really want this to like it would be nice if exactly. and like I feel there's a lot of people there that confuse I want with it would be nice. Mm. There's a lot of it would be nice if I had a six pack, mm-hmm. but what I want is to eat pizza and burgers every day, <laughs> and those two things are not gonna go. It's just not gonna happen. Exactly. Or it's not going to be, it's not sustainable. You exactly. might, you might be okay for a little bit in like when you're young in your prime, but mm-hmm. you're not going to be out here at 35, 45, eating pizza and burgers every day. Lean. Lean. Nope. It's impossible. Slow down. Nope. It's impossible. So it's it's you got to be. It would be nice if it's like one. It would be. Yeah. <laughs> it would <laughs> be great. It would be nice. But exactly. You have to find that intrinsic motivation. Yeah. Like you can be extrinsically motivated to do certain things. A lot of things. Like, for me, I don't mind the compliments that come from working out. I don't mind the physical, you know, superficial components of it, um, within reason. But at the same time, like, I started working out because I realized I could change my physiology to do something I couldn't do before. Right. That I was, all these video games people are obsessed with, and you're not realizing that you have the same capabilities to level up in real life. <laughs> like, are you kidding me right now? You're telling me I... Can now you know I'm gonna, I'm gonna plug some things some numbers here. This guy said I can now bench press 385 pounds. When I started off not being able to do, and granted, obviously time. Yeah, uh, you know, and time aging, in the game. Yeah, but that's the difference. When like a hundred was my limit once, like this is insane. Like that is more than my body weight. That is almost 1.5 my body weight, and like that's wild. Yeah, and it's just like these, and obviously there's much stronger people than I like on this planet. And if you look at these strong men, like they're real life Hercules like it's mm-hmm. insane and they didn't get that way by overnight <laughs> they just... worked at something we've been doing for a decade a lot of people like you know sometimes like like oh shit like you, you work out and I like to joke I power walk I <laughs> 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 just power walk um, but at the same time it's like yeah I just didn't get this way I've been doing this yeah. for 12 years now and it's just crazy to me sometimes like oh my goodness it's been a that's been a long thing. journey yeah so been... like it makes sense that like if I'm doing something consistently Relatively consistently for 12 years, I hope to get something out yeah, of it. I hope something comes out of it. That's been a, a, a strong theme of the show, is that you're, whenever you start something, you're going to be trash. 100%. You're going to be garbage. 100%. And that's just that's just what it is. You might be okay, Yeah. Like, but if you, if you start something day one and you're good, year 12, 
if you've consistently done it, you should be great. Yes. That's 10,000 hours. Expertise, but you don't need the 10,000 hours. You just, you know, you need some hours and hopefully consistently over yeah. a period of time. Yeah. And that's not that's not 12 years of I'm working out sometimes or like I'm I'm programming sometimes mm-hmm. or like I'm podcasting sometimes or, you know, writing sometimes or whatever skill that you're trying to build sometimes it's consi- like putting it into like either your daily regimen your weekly regimen mm-hmm. monthly having it scalable like i started here and okay month one mm, shaky mm-hmm. month two a little better yeah. so on and so forth and so forth until you're like oh wow i started here and i was garbage yeah. and now i understand how to oh the things that i was getting tripped up with in week one month one that doesn't even, I don't even think about that anymore. Exactly. Just like what you're talking about. Like, yeah. I didn't know, you didn't know what certain things were, but now it's like, oh, I do that in my sleep. Yeah. Right. So is consistency is, is the, is the factor that separates everything, everything, everything in life from, they don't see any aspect of life that's <laughs> consistency will help with that. And the thing with consistency it's not that there's never going to be any breaks or failures or points where you're not unable to do certain things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for a lot of times it may not even be your fault. Right. Like, yeah, especially during the pandemic. I think a lot of people were hard on themselves because they felt that like, all right, now I have some more time, some more, you know, for those privileged enough to work from home um, or to have situations where they didn't have to worry about just surviving. Right. Um, that there's all this pressure to start a business, to do certain things. And... You know, we can't put that pressure on ourselves when we're going through some sort of traumatic experience, mm-hmm. whether it's a physical injury, whether it's mental health, whether it's, you know, even just a global societal thing where you just don't feel the same. You know, you don't have to have mental health issues to be upset, to be depressed, to have being anxious, to, you know, just be incapable of doing what you want to do in that present moment. And right. that is okay. But what consistency and a framework of um, a decent work ethic helps is that when you are finally able when you are ready you can you just do get it. back on that horse real yeah. quick and you and, know and go back at go it go back to it and that's the muscle memory too with working out is that your body will adapt quicker um because you have been doing it for so long that if you just started from like a baseline of like nothing right and so it's just being able to forgive yourself um, for past failures, for past mistakes, and having the knowledge that like you've been able to do this, you have been doing this, mm-hmm. and you relying on that to give you your strength, to give you the motivation um, to get back into doing it. And so I think that's a very important thing for entrepreneurs and just us in general, especially the last two years. Like, listen, we had our very way of living, interacting, communicating fundamentally changed. Like forever. I was forever. Like I was just twenty eight, just yeah. like trying to do some certain things. Just you know, didn't get into med school, trying to figure out some my new pathway in this whole technology world. And then all of a sudden, you know, like I'm. I mean, granted, I was working from home a lot mm-hmm. before, anyways. But all of a sudden, you know, can't see anyone. Um, everything's relegated to, um, you know, Zoom, Zoom, and whatever and phone calls, and like it just changed the way that we behave and interact. And like you can't expect not to have residual effects from that. Right. It's not, it was not your fault. So like you know, forgive yourself for you know not being able to perform at your highest and do everything that you wanted to do, or like you know compare yourself to other people. Like just be comfortable within your own self and find whatever motivates you. Cultivate that um, skill set. Cultivate that motivation. Cultivate that mindset. And over time, just build upon it. 
and you'll see that like often or not even if you have any setbacks that's just it just a minor setback a minor barrier that you will stomp and cross or break whatever metaphor you might use for um, getting back to it right you will be able to just be consistent I love that I love that um, we're gonna take a shift okay. you, you talked about uh, living in different places mm-hmm. I am a big proponent of of seeing uh, different environments I think travel is a great equalizer in terms of giving people perspective um, and and like immersing your traveling and traveling with the caveat of immersing yourself in whatever whatever place you are right. like trying to be with like locals experience what that life is like um, definitely gives I've found a perspective on how people function, I, I think it's one of the best things you could do for yourself. Like I've never, it's one, it's one of the things I've never regretted. And like I've traveled broke, mm-hmm. like I've traveled broke. <laughs> and so it's like whether, like it's never money wasted for me. Um, and as someone who's lived in multiple continents uh, for an extended period of time, that's the only thing I haven't done. And then you're also, spoiler alert, also moving to another continent very soon so uh let's get into that so first and foremost nigeria Mm -hmm. right you're born there live there you're nigerian so obviously the cult there's no culture shock there it's like you it's what you've groomed grown up in right and then you come to canada uh it's a small island (laughs) where you're you're probably the only black family there Mm -hmm. uh also, this is what the nineties. Oh, it was two thousand one. Two thousand one. So early two thousands. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's probably probably not a, a Nigerian supermarket. So you're not <laughs> you're not getting you know what I'm saying like the things that you grew up on. You're not mm-hmm. really getting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so talk about that, and then talk about kind of how being in different spots shaped you into into the men that we're talking to right now yeah yeah no as you said honestly just being able to gain a world view um and immerse yourself in various environments and just trying to accommodate that environment that information those people into what you already know and then expanding your own mindset from that is one of the greatest gifts anyone can get to themselves right you know because we one thing we, we vacation a lot mm-hmm you know, because I think there's traveling and vacationing. And, you know, with vacation, as most people do, like, you could be in Mexico, but you could also be in DR, like, literally any other resort. And it's like, you wouldn't know because you're not really going out <laughs> to doing much. You're just staying in a nice place with just a nice beachfront view. Right. But that could be anywhere. You know what I mean? Right. Like, traveling, when you actually go and see the landscape, see the cultural norms see the people that's what i've been really privileged and fortunate to be able to do um, in various places um, from africa to north america to australia and then soon europe and what it's fundamentally helped me with is seeing myself as like a global citizen that doesn't mean that my identity is taken away i'm a proud black nigerian canadian man but at the same time like 
there are struggles that are unique to everyone. And I think this is the interesting part of the, that aren't unique to everyone, but um, one of the interesting parts of the pandemic is that for the first time in human history, we all went through the same thing together. Right. And people acknowledging that we're together, you know? Because we're mm-hmm. so far removed from certain um, war-torn um, countries that are that have been having these civil wars for how long? Or, you know, these ridiculous, like, famines that have persisted without any global attention. And we just don't know about them unless we see on the news or someone tells us about it. Mm-hmm. Like, we're just so, you know, numb and dissociated from it. And so it's hard to kind of have empathy sometimes or understanding we don't have those shared experiences right that's what it's going that's tough about you know any movement right now um especially within like the black movement like people if you don't have the shared experience and you can't understand. really understand the struggles you can't really comment too much on it that doesn't mean you won't have insights you're not kind of break but it's just it's very different shared experiences really really do affirm affirm and bring together people together and brings understanding so this pandemic one thing i do hope is that people have seen the shared experience of lockdowns you know and restrictions globally and seeing the world come to a halt yeah and having people having the same anxiety same fears same you know emotions that you do from coast to coast Mm -hmm. you know um and like it's 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 just an interesting thing and so it makes you really appreciate traveling a lot more because now you see that at the core of it we're just humans right we're just <laughs> trying to just trying to figure it out just trying to figure it out we're do, trying to figure it out with a different type of clothing with different um, language with different food with different landscape but the struggles the emotions the motivations all the same all the same and then being able to find that commonality um, and then um, also just appreciating those differences as well. Mm-hmm. Um, really something that we've, as a family, have done and I, I'm definitely doing a lot more of as an individual. Um, and it's just amazing because, as I said, it's also very humbling because, like, as I said, we have nine, almost 9 billion people. So I think it's 8.9. So 9 billion people on this planet. And it's like... You're just beyond, like, if you just look at Earth, it's beyond nothing of a speck in the overall universe. And so imagine you, like, you can't, like, you can't... One of nine billion. Yeah, like, you can't make yourself feel as if um, that you're you're the only one going through something. And it's not to diminish anyone's experiences or anything like that. It's just to say that we've all had certain experiences Mm -hmm. that... I'm sure some other people in some capacity have had and that kind of comfort to understand that we're not alone and that we're not too different yeah should make us want to treat each other much better to Be, understand being kinder like yes kinder, I'm going yeah, through something if I'm going through something I, I know that exactly what you're saying like it's not a unique experience to be to 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 have struggle it's not a unique experience yeah. to have doubts or mm-hmm. or uh to like think less of myself in a moment or, mm-hmm. or two moments or mm-hmm. or being like a rut. So if I know that I go through that, chances are someone else is going exactly. through that. Whether that person looks like me or not. Exactly. It's it's a it's a human element. It's not it's not a it's not a black issue, it's not a white issue, it's not a Asian issue, it's not an Indian issue, it's just a human issue yeah. and 
I, I feel like once more people and to 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 their credit, I think our generation and more so more over than ours, mm-hmm. the generation under us, like I would say like my sisters, like my, my little sisters, like probably your little bro, that generation is is really gassing it. Yeah. In terms of like, yo, we gotta stop with all the BS mm-hmm. and just understand the human condition. Yeah. Versus oh, this is this is a white guy, so this is what it is. Black guy is what it is. It's just like, bro, like we're all messed. We're all broken. <laughs> we are. We are. And as can reiterate this enough, especially after the last few years, we all need the global therapy. Um, and like from issues before, but definitely the last two years, because we've seen a lot of things come up in the last two years. A lot of <laughs> shifting a lot. mentalities. A lot of emboldened mentalities, and a lot of. Um, just other issues <laughs> that, said <laughs> other issues that just you know being are pervasive now and some that were already there and now have the spotlight or you know that were cultivated now and so like we're all like the world has rapidly changed um, in some good ways some bad and a lot of bad but also some good but emboldened mentality is a, <laughs> is a very good that's a PG way of looking at that yeah, one, PG- right? <laughs> that's that's good yeah, yeah that is good it. Uh, so yeah so it's just we just need to find a way to communicate better with one another and come together when we can because like especially as men too black mm-hmm. men like we have to be comfortable opening up about issues like listen bro like if I tell you I cried the other day you know a lot of people would be like you soft oh, soft oh, that's weird why are you telling me that? Yeah. They, they get uncomfortable yeah they get uncomfortable and myself included like yeah. I I find even with like people that I'm close to, like I'm just like it's like people will cry, like can cry around me, and I just don't know what to do. Mm. It's a very weird position to be. Like when you are that person, uh, like a person's confidant, mm. when it hasn't been like fully established, and yeah, it's a very weird pers- position to be in for for both parties because it's like. The person that's opening up to you is like being like really vulnerable mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. like being vulnerable with anybody is a difficult yeah it's a difficult uh thing to do and then on top of that the element of being the person that receives that and if you're not if you don't have that uh what i i guess would be the emotional iq mm-hmm. you can mishandle that and then that becomes a, an even bigger issue right so uh, that's very true making sure that you have that kind of emotional intelligence emotional IQ being able to just kind of be comfortable being comfortable with uncomfortable situations yeah. and just existing because sometimes when something's like at least myself I'm a I'm a solution oriented person so mm-hmm. if you come to me with a problem I'm automatically like okay this is what we gotta do mm-hmm. like first do this, then this, then this, and this, this, then you're good. Yeah. But sometimes people aren't, they're not looking for a solution. Not, exactly. And that's exactly it. And I think as you, as you mentioned, there's, um, there's two ways that I think we can better ourselves in this. And with everything in life, it all comes down to communication. Being able to ask people struggling with issues or people upset, what do you want from me right now? Mm-hmm. And then you as individualist beings, seeking help or wants help or even don't know just being able to express what you need and you know that's 
the most important and crucial aspect of understanding and being there for one another is because like if you want do you looking for a solution are you looking for just someone to listen um to your problems are you mm-hmm. looking for someone just to console like what is it that you need right now in this moment and um then i'll let you know if i'm able to provide it bro i i that's actually so perfect yeah. that you mentioned that because mm-hmm. i saw this uh there's a post on instagram and it was like this girl talking to like herself but mm-hmm. it's supposed to be another person and she was just checking on her and being like oh are you how you feeling like you feeling better and she's like nah nah i'm still feeling kind of down so then she's like all right here's three options we can talk about it mm-hmm. i can give you a distraction mm-hmm. or i can give you space and then just having those type of things presented yep. is is a major is a major help because it's like huh now it's i don't feel like i'm because some people don't seek help a lot of times because they mm-hmm. feel like they're burdening. Mm-hmm. And no one wants to feel like that. Uh, even though we, we can intellectualize that we all have issues, we all have problems, it's, it's sometimes difficult to uh, express those, especially the people that are closest to because it's like you don't want to you don't want to seem a certain way yeah. with, with people that you've built relationships with and like they respect you and like, you know, they see you in a certain light like, oh yeah, this is Doppel. He's, you know, solid. He's got it. He's got it figured out. He's got things, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So there's always that element of, oh, if I come, if, I, if I'm if i asking for help, if I'm not doing okay, or if I don't have it figured out, then I'm changing the perception of myself in the, in the eyes of people that, like, I've cultivated this relationship with and that I've worked really hard to gain their respect and gain that level of, of trust with mm-hmm. and i don't want to lose that yeah right so oh man then that uh that's that's those are powerful words and i could not agree more especially since like it relates to me too like i've had this you know they gave from even high school to a certain extent but mostly university right the most the most ways people can identify me or know who i am was like oh do you know dapple dapple the big black guy and i'm like oh yeah and you know after a decade plus of just you know hearing that and knowing people know you as the big black guy <laughs> like, to a certain extent like, it does something to you you know yeah. like you you, it's like you're I know them more than my body I know that um, but at the same time like you kind of want to keep up a certain appearance of being known for this one thing mm-hmm. if I don't have this one thing like who am I How, yeah what am exactly? I exactly but at the same I time I, I've evolved from that thought and that mentality but you know, a lot of people have it and it still weighs them down in some capacity mm-hmm. even if it's not that exact same thing you know being known for their physical appearance but um, it doesn't diminish you if right like, we're complex beings like we're just once again it's not this binary of you're a big black guy, but therefore you can't have emotions and show, like, you know, moments of vulnerability. You can't, like you can't, can't cry, can't do yeah. this. Like, you, 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 you can't be bench pressing 300 and have emotions. What's wrong with you? And they tell me you're upset the other day because a coworker undermined you. It's like, nah, man. Sure, you, you bench that coworker and see him undermining you. Like, no, that's not how life works. You get some gains off him. <laughs> Exactly. So it's like, listen, and I, and that's why I'm comfortable now, cause like, I, and I, it's weird, like, cause sometimes I like I have a little bit of a superpower. So I'm like, if most people look at me like, oh, he's a prototypical masculine guy, you know, mm. cause a lot of times I've heard, especially on vacations, like, oh, I just thought you were some, just hot dumb meathead, until I spoke to you, on dating apps, you know, vacate, like, 
Bro. People, obviously, and granted, if I didn't wear glasses, I'm very curious what people think of me. Because I think my glasses disarm me a bit. <laughs> like, I'm just like, shit, yeah, probably people look at me and like, oh, you know. It's like an intimidating guy. Exactly, he's a intimidating guy. Or a meathead or whatever, and like, maybe he's not intelligent. Um, and so, and I worked really hard to cultivate, like, um, the other side of me. I want you to be, know me more. Like, I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, he's very emotionally intelligent. Oh, Dapo, this and that. Anything besides my body. And then you'd be like, and... You know what I mean? And he's and, and he's and a big black guy. <laughs> exactly. And he's D. It's that and not the main thing. Yeah. Um, but anyways, that being said, like now I'm like I'm so comfortable. Like I, because people be like, all right, here's a guy that like, looks like a prototypical masculine guy, yet he can be emotional and vulnerable, and he's okay with it. You know, anyone who doesn't look like him, like they can do that too. Like right. what is it? exactly? Like, it gives freedom for them to be, do that even more so. Right. You know, because like Terry Crews, actually, one of the individuals that really helped with that, because he's been very vulnerable with his mm-hmm. struggles from an abusive right. home, um, you know, his struggles with um, various other issues, and he's cried in public. Like, he, you know, he's very raw with his emotions. Outside and, of some of the egregious things he says, he says yeah, about, like, about black <laughs> people and like, all lives matter and stuff yeah. like that. He, yeah, yeah. And showering. <laughs> That Remember that time in in the pandemic where just people were just, just, just like comfortable, just feeling like, they're like un unprovoked. It was <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I don't shower every day. Hygiene. Like, if the soap hits my legs, it's all good. It's, it's running down. We're okay. And I'm just like, but why? Nobody asked about this. Nobody. <laughs> why are we volunteering this information? Tell you, man. During the pandemic, pandemic like COVID confessions is why <laughs> people just like you know what <laughs> I'm stuck. I might Maybe, as well. I might as well share, yeah, some stuff. share some stuff. Sharing every day, not the jam. <laughs> Who needs it? Exactly. I'm just like yeah. we all do. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. But long story short, it's just you know I'm I'm very comfortable now being vulnerable, mm-hmm. um, being emotional. Um, you know, like the other day I was just telling my parents like when I got my cast removed two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so if it was oh, for reference, out, yeah, he yeah, he, he referenced Achilles, he, yeah, on um, in December. So now I'm in a walking boot, taking some minimal steps. But the first time when my cast was off, that first night, like I cried because you know I was looking at my calf, my leg, how atrophied it was, or atrophied, sir, <laughs> and I was like, Jesus, I've just never seen any part of my body quickly deteriorate like that. Right. So it was like a little weird shock, like odd but then just understanding in that moment that like this is going to be a almost a six up to possibly 12 months depending on setbacks or anything right recovery like i have to be conscious every single day from now on to make sure everything i'm doing is to heal and not further detriment <laughs> this part of my body mm-hmm. and so just a lot of emotions came with that because the last two years not being able to work out as much as i want and now i have something finally been able to get back to the gym and then a month later, after that happened, like, I know, I'm incapacitated once again. But this also ties back to what I said. Because I've been doing this for 12 years. Because I have the mentality and I know how to create a workout program, how to stick to one. And I have the tools for it. That it was not too difficult for me to snap back and to be like, alright, take it step by step. You know that you will never give up on your fitness journey. Because that's something that you've been passionate about for so long. So it's just another fitness challenge. Yeah, just an obstacle. It's another obstacle. It's another fitness challenge. Look at it that way. So and now, honest, I'm going to say this right now. Yo, Dapo had me motivated to be in the best shape of my life. I won't even lie. 
Cause, yo, bro, cause the remember the challenge? That was yes, you. Oh, yes, yes, yes. That yes, was you. Yes, yes. You know what I'm saying? So, I lost like a good almost thirty pounds. Baby. So it's like just having that that element of camaraderie, mm-hmm. uh, which we can tap into, is is an important element and for men in general. But especially, especially black men, because like so many of us feel like at some point or another that we're we're out here by ourselves and that we're we're just kind of on an island and just have to just we're just supposed to figure it out. You know what I mean? And 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 feeling like feeling being able to have a brotherhood or being able to have people that are like minded uh whether that's the quote unquote prototypical black I hate using that but mm-hmm. like people are gonna understand what I'm saying right. versus what we're talking about it is needed and it's all even if you fall into that that quote unquote prototypical uh perception of what black people are it's important to have people that support and that understand like that yeah, that that's a part of you, and like to some extent, I think it's a part of all of us. Yeah. Right. Uh, but there's there's things beyond that, and yeah. there's characteristics beyond that, exactly. and and we should be able to explore that without it being like, oh, you're not black anymore, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or like, oh, you speak you speak English English, oh, you're not black, <laughs> and oh, it's like, why are you? The thing that I used to hate growing up is like, oh, why are you speaking white? Oh, dude. And I'm like, but this is, this is English. It's like, damn, like, you know. How are we so... vocabulary now without... <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, it's, it's so true, man. Yeah, man. And it sucks because, like, exactly, sometimes, you know, I'm my... And this school. is coming from both sides. Both sides. It's like, exactly. that's the thing. It's like, it's never just one side coming. It's like, I'm too... I was too... I was, I was, yeah, I was... I was <laughs> well, either too... I'm too black for the white kids. Yep. Or like the white kids don't see me as a threat, but their parents see me as a threat. Mm-hmm. So I'm still I'm still too black for the white kids, mm-hmm. and then I'm too white for the black kids. So they're like, oh, you you're like talking down, or you thinking that you're better than yeah. such and such. And I'm like, bro, no, I'm just I literally I'm just existing. <laughs> like this this is the I'm just the product of parents that made me read dictionaries. That's it. Yep. Like that's and I'm not even I'm not capping. Like my my parents could tell you they would never if I asked about a word they'd be like, look it up. If I asked about anything I had, like, I had questions about, they're like, look it up. Look it up. Amazing. We had, we had literal, before Google, we had encyclopedias. Like, at my parents' house right now, there is a three-volume encyclopedia. And the books are thick. (laughs) We had something similar, too. Right? So, it's like, any and everything was a, you want information, bro? Go find it. Yeah, we're not here to dis like we're here to help you obviously, but we're not here to be your crutches. Yes. So you have to you have to be able to go and and search and put in the legwork for what you want uh, off rip. Exactly. And that's and I just wanted to know shit, so <laughs> I had no other yeah. option. And you know it's perfect you, you you end on that because like we are at the perfect point in human history. Where if you're an individual that just wants to know shit, you have everything beyond every means to do so. Because you know, some there is a lot of privilege to obviously um, accessing information. Right. 
but you know sometimes you gotta tap into resources you know and I this is obviously more in the western um, the commentary here like the library is a forgotten treasure trove most yeah. people do you guys know the library most Toronto public libraries have 3D printers shit I didn't even know that yeah you can go and rent out a 3D printer or time 3D printing time and do whatever you want they also have um, all these innovation labs where you can produce music they have all these Macs that's just sitting there available for people to use you know you can rent out movies rent, like there's a huge treasure trove of information and access to different technologies um, that's free to the public so Fice you're able to get a library card but even aside from that it's it's mind boggling that we have all this access to information and, and people wasted. just do not care to it's even wasted. bother um, using it or even furthering their mindset because of something that they've known for their entire life because that's how they were raised um, or they just don't they just well, being willfully ignorant in mm-hmm. this day and age is something I can't really tolerate no because the it's, issue, it's out there yeah, it's out there but it's the issue now on the other hand as we've seen with the pandemic is that now we need to like because there's a huge huge issue with misinformation now right um, from elections to now obviously things in terms of vaccines and you know just um, diseases and pandemic in general is that people now don't know how to distill what is right really and wrong, wrong what is credible and just um, you know information to try and create fear uncertainty and doubt mm-hmm. and what is propaganda and what it so it's an issue of like people want to be willfully ignorant and don't bother looking up information verify doing whatever or people now searching information from one source wrong information yeah. and they're not they're getting to, all everything from a source based on what they uh, have interpreted to be right exactly and then getting all the exactly. information that supports that exactly it's confirmation just, yeah. bias research <laughs> and so it's tough it is tough because like existence to have right now because to a certain extent like you're inundated with all this information and you don't know how to filter it and you don't know who to believe and we're easily swayed we're very easily swayed mm-hmm. and you know i'm not immune to it because i don't know if you remember this one campaign on facebook in 2012 coney 2012 yeah remember that i was one of those people i changed my facebook banner i put the coney 2012 <laughs> things there because i watched this powerful i don't know how long the video was the way they did it, the uh, the voice, the everything, the visuals, I'm like, wow. I had never heard about Coney up until now. I have never knew this was an issue. It was in Uganda, I believe. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know. And, you know, I want this foundation to be able to go and do some good there. And I was moved by that. Ten years later, nothing's changed. We just have more means of people to create that kind of propaganda. Right. That kind of um, video and rhetoric to get people to do what they want. Look what Joe Rogan is doing to mobilize certain people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we as humans have to be able to, once again, distill and discern for ourselves how to accommodate information and technology into our own lives. No singular technology or information is going to ruin us. We're going to ruin us because we don't know how to use it. Or if we do you know how to use it, we're using it wrongly. Or irresponsibly. And it's just respond- exactly. So, like, it all comes down to individual choice and individual ability to, um, you know, <laughs> do your own research, but in ways that are conducive um, to well-being and whichever that looks like for you. Yeah. You know, I'm not here to moderate people's um, lifestyle choices or whatever, but at the same time, like, what we've been talking about it was a global community 
look as to what that means to improve that and hopefully take steps towards that right and at the fundamental basis of it all technology will facilitate that <laughs> especially these immersive technologies <laughs> see it all comes back man it all comes back and that's why um, that's why I'm absolutely loving this um, this new field this new development of um, the metaverse the internet and it's going to be a buzzword that's going to be overused same way AI every company all of a sudden their products their services were all backed by AI right it's like really is that just like you know <laughs> a name of someone like I actually worked at a business company and I was on their website they said oh we have all these um, you know our approach to providing the service is backed by a comp um, an AI that you know does these things I'm not trying to out the company right now yeah. Um, and then during my interview, because I was reading this on this website, and during my interview, I'm like, oh, I was also really impressed that you have this AI that's uh, allowing you to filter and, you know, do all this stuff through this information. And afterwards, one of the uh, interviewers was looked at me weird, like, what the, he, like, what the hell is he talking about? <laughs> and he's like, oh, yes, yeah, we have some back, there's a guy in the back called AI. Because <laughs> he's just like, yeah, he knows that they just put it up there just to seem cutting edge and yeah. progressive. And that's what's going to be with this whole metaverse. Everything, the answer to it is like, hey, listen, how do I Google the nearest Tim Hortons metaverse? <laughs> <laughs> like, everyone's just using it as the answer for everything. It's just because right. it's a new trending topic. Same way cryptocurrency and Bitcoin was a trending topic the last few years. And like, but minimal people understand all that. Right. But um, for you all to understand, it's just the way that we access and interact with each other using the internet as the basis for it. So it's the same internet that you used to, but now you can access it in your VR headset um, or access it through your phone, but have different experiences um, with different immersive technologies. Mm. Yeah. yeah, we've covered a lot today, man. We have. We have. Um, <laughs> last thing I want to talk about, yeah. we touched on it earlier, uh, about your new journey in the UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people, well, we're in Canada, and Canada is still a commonwealth of uh, the UK, Great Britain. Mm-hmm. So there's a program that allows you to um, kind of get a, a temporary visa, yeah. right? Can you just touch on that? Because like a lot of people, I didn't know about this until yeah. you had shown me. Yes. And uh, I think it's a, speaking on the ability to travel and be mobile. Mm-hmm. I think this is a good opportunity for a lot of at least Canadians can take advantage of this yeah. that are under 30 or within their 30th year currently. Yes. Um, so let's touch on that. Yeah, mind. so it's the Youth Mobility Scheme Visa. Um, it used to be called a Tier 5. Um, you can still search Tier 5 Youth Mobility Scheme and all the information will pop up. And so it's a visa that gives anyone between the ages of 18 to 30 inclusive um, the ability to travel to pretty much all Commonwealth countries um, because it's not just relegated to the UK. Um, you can also go to Australia and New Zealand um, on this visa. So it gives you two years free trial pretty much <laughs> in these countries where you can actually work um, and even start a business. Suffice that your um, equipment doesn't cost more than £5,000, which you know for a lot of different startups you wouldn't really need right. um, that amount. Um, well, sorry, like I guess entrepreneurial stuff, you know, like freelance stuff really. Mm-hmm. Um, but nonetheless, it's just a great opportunity for you to explore um, different countries um, and see if you'd like to live there long term. And so it's a tier visa, 18 to 30 inclusive. So anytime before your 31st birthday, you can apply to this visa for this visa. It's about 
500 and something pounds for the visa itself but then they also require you to pay for um, the health insurance for the two years up front. Um, and most of these Commonwealth countries have the same kind of socialized health care that we have. So with the um, UK or England particularly, it's NHS. So kind of like our OHIP um, here in Ontario. And you pay for that two years in advance. Um, so the overall application in total comes around to, um, with the application cost, comes around to £2,300, which is three thousand plus dollars um so you know it's a bit pricey initially um but at the same time like it's an opportunity to really travel and experience a different part of the world and just you know develop your mindset and grow your worldview as we've Uh been discussing um and if at anything you don't want to live beyond those tiers and come back to canada at least you've explored somewhere different. You've immersed yourself in somewhere different. And that will fundamentally change you mm-hmm. for the better once you get back. Absolutely. Or hopefully it does. But hope absolutely. Yeah. So that's it for me. For me it's a change of environment. Um I've been downtown Toronto for the last like five years, but you know, lived in the suburbs of Richmond Hill, Oakville. Um and then now just want a different adventure especially after as i said the last two years fundamentally changed a lot of things <laughs> you've been locked <laughs> up bro. exactly i don't want to i don't want to take for granted the opportunities that um are available and so you know unfortunately i'm able to take advantage of this visa and i'll be moving to manchester so if any of y'all listening out here on the tech time podcast hit me up put tech time <laughs> <laughs> the 14th <laughs> and yeah I'll hook you up with something special actually so there we go here we go just giving you all the exclusive Rethink Reality XR that is my Instagram page um, it'll be posted with um, on the Tech Time podcast page Absolutely. as well and yeah hit me up with Tech Time the 14th and yeah we'll do something special together you heard it here first I'm happy about it man uh, I think that's all that needs to be said we've covered we've covered a large a large topic area. Yeah. Um, I just want to thank you for coming through. You know, this guy came through on the boot <laughs> with the crutches and everything. Uh, so I really appreciate that, man. Uh, I'm glad, y'all. Your plate is clean off, clean, wax bro, off. Are clean. I look at yours. I'm like, listen, hey, I can't. I can't the host outdo me. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm yeah, glad. Is, I'm glad that you, you you full enjoyed the food. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm excited to see what this new chapter has uh, for you, man. Especially because, you know, as you were saying, you've been here, you've been kind of locked up. So it's, it's going to be a good change of pace. Um, and just to see how the business grows and see, because like you said, bro, it's, it's, this is here to stay. Whether we like it or not, it's here to stay. Exactly. So Exactly. And the choice is up to you, how you accommodate that into your current life. Um, but yeah, it's been a pleasure. Ty, the most, uh, just the, I don't even know, but BFG, you guys remember that book? <laughs> <laughs> Ty is the BFG. Big friendly giant. Seriously. I'm dead. And actually, no, BFCG, man, because he's cuddly as well, man. Like, he has a girl now, so everyone stay away, but <laughs> just a guy you want to hug and be comforted by. And I appreciate you having me on the platform. Um, love the podcast, love the concept. The food was amazing. And yeah, I that's all I could hope for, man. <laughs> so uh, Dapo, yes. signing off. Ty, aka King Ramsey, signing off. Reminding you guys, it's always room to tech time.
Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thanks for tuning in. Share and subscribe to become part of the community. We'll see you next time. And remember, no matter how crazy life gets, there's always room to tech time.